Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. We are brought to you by my bookie, and everything's a little out of whack today. Usually, I talk tell you guys about my bookies on Thursdays. Usually, we have Twitter Thursdays on Thursdays, but today's Twitter Thursdays on Fridays, much like when you watch Sunday Night Football on Saturday. You know, kind of one of those type of deals. So, we got plenty of questions from y'all, and I will tell you about my bookie here in a moment. But the overriding theme today of my Twitter feed for the last 24 hours revolves around Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins. And if, if you haven't, if you live under a rock, you maybe didn't hear that Jimmy Garoppolo signed a Gigundo deal. And the ripple effect is going to be, in my opinion, Cousins is going to sign for more. The reason is, well, he's more accomplished. He's more established, you know what he is, and more importantly, for the contract reason, teams are going to be bidding against one another, you know, where the the Niners could have franchised him, Jimmy's not going anywhere, Cousins is going somewhere different, he's going to be playing for a new team, and is going to get paid insane amount of money to do so, and he will be the highest paid player in the league, and I won't have a problem with it, if Denver, or Cleveland, or the Jets, or Buffalo, or whomever, adds Cousins as their quarterback for the next six, ten years, whatever. I think he's a middle-of-the-road starter. I think he needs a lot around him. You know, there's the old... Daniel Jeremiah talks about, it describes this very well, and I've used this opinion on here. I've used this. I've stolen this from him on the, the air here before. Quarterbacks... Think of an 18-wheeler. Quarterbacks are trucks or trailers. You're either the, the dude driving the train and you're leading the offense, you're the truck, you know, you're the, the cab, you're the power, or you're the trailer, and you're equally important, well, not quite, but you're, you need to be brought along by others. And it's not always that cut and dry, but Alex Smith's a perfect example of a trailer. I think Cousins is more of a trailer than he is a truck. You know, for example, Washington had a great O-line and a lot of weapons, but this year, whenever those his supporting cast started to crumble a little bit, as did his play. I think he's coming down off a little bit of a down year, and I know he has really good passing numbers. That doesn't mean that he's the fifth best player in the league just because he's the fifth most yards, contrary to what some of you people on Twitter seem to think. So I'm fine with one of those teams solving their quarterback problem by making Cousins an insane amount of money to offer. But if you throw him in New York with the Jets right now and nothing else around him than what's there, I don't think he'll succeed. Um, so that being said, I mean, I think he's... What stirred all this was when Jimmy signed, obviously that went to Kirk as Kirk's going to get more, like I said. And my tweet was something along the lines of, I like, I would give Jim, Jimmy's more valuable to me than Cousins. I like, I like Garoppolo that much. I just told you what I think Cousins is. That's not a knock on Cousins. I just think Jimmy is a truck. I think he, you know, in in this equation, Aaron Rodgers is a locomotive. You know what I mean? Like he pulls the whole freaking train. Um, I think Jimmy is on the, I think my exact tweet was, Garoppolo's on the cusp of being one of the top five to eight quarterbacks in the league and could go even higher in a couple years. And that's not just because I watched a couple games, but that sure reaffirmed what I thought of the guy. I mean, I told you guys this when the Niners made the deal, that the Niners just changed the fortunes of their franchise with only giving up a second-round pick. And I said Cousins 
isn't that guy. He's a middle-of-the-road type starter. He's And somebody called me out and thought they were cool and said, well, you know, in, in my tweet I said Cousins is not a top-ten quarterback. And in my and then someone called me out and said, okay, smart guy Williamson, tell me ten quarterbacks who are better than Kirk Cousins. And he said something smart like, I'll wait. Like, like, I, like, like that was going to be really hard for me to pull off. So I scrolled through my cranium, went division by division, and who's a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins right now? Right this second, not who's going to be. Like, I believe where I could make the case that Jameis Winston will be better. But who's better right this second? So I went division by division. AFC East, I came up with Brady. North, I came up with Ben. South, I came up with Luck. He still exists, and he is better than Kirk Cousins. Um, I did not know Mariota, no Watts, and none of those young guys. The young guys I stayed away from. In the West, Phillip Rivers is a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. Rivers had a monster year. Uh, I did not say Carr. And I didn't say Alex Smith. I think Alex Smith had a better year than Cousins. But who's a better player right this minute? If I had to give money to one or the other, I would give it to Cousins. So that's four in the AFC. In the NFC, Wentz. No to Eli. Couldn't do it to Dak. Uh, Cousins obviously cancels himself out. So that's five so far. In the South, Matt Ryan. Yes. Drew Brees. Yes. I mentioned Winston. He's in those young guys I think could eclipse him, but haven't yet. I think Cam Newton's a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. But depends what you like. You know, but yes, I think Cam Newton's a better quarterback. Uh, Aaron Rodgers absolutely is. Minnesota, no. Chicago, no. Stafford, yes. Um, and now in the West, Russell Wilson is. Uh, Arizona, no. I think Jimmy is. I just told you that. Can't give it to Goff yet. So I came up with like a dozen dudes that I think are better quarterbacks than Kirk Cousins is right now. And I think Jimmy will be in that conversation and amongst the top five, six, seven from now on. That's pretty much the end of that. I mean, that was just a, a huge topic of conversation on Twitter. Some of you Niners fans and Jimmy fans were gave me a pat on the back and Bob Williamson, yeah, I, I think you're right. Most said a lot of dumb things to me, or, you know, nasty things to me. You're an idiot. You have no idea what you're talking about. Cousins has been the top of the passing leaders for the last couple of years. He's really good for my fantasy team. But he's not a better player. He isn't. Um, again, told you guys about my bookie. And generally speaking, when we're talking my bookie, we're always talking football. But there's much else coming on. Spring training's right around the corner. You got basketball going strong. You got college basketball. You got hockey. My pens are starting to come on kind of strong. Much to bet on, and my bookie has all of it for you. And I mentioned before, you can do futures. Like we talked about the uh, the Super Bowl bets. You know, for next Super Bowl, you can only put down money. So, where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money betting the betting on all these different types of games, you got to go to mybookie.ag. That's the only site I'd recommend. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out yourself. They have odds on every matchup as well as live in-game betting, which is pretty awesome too. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit up to 50%, which is free money for you guys that haven't figured that out. Use our promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, LOCKEDON, all one word. Activates the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. 
if you're going to bet, the only place to do it is at mybookie.ag. And they've been very good to us over the course of the season. I urge you to check them out. All right, we're back. Michael Higgins asks, what do you think of the Giants taking Quentin Nelson and then a QB in the second round? Um, My thoughts on Nelson, I think I've told you guys this. Every year about this time, I look at the draft and say, if I had to put a buck down on one, who's going to be a Hall of Famer out of this draft class? I always, you know, I look at it that way. Like, And then you can never take that player too high, even though he's a guard. And in this case, even though he's a guard and a running back. I look at Barkley from Penn State and Nelson from Notre Dame and think, if I had to bet on anyone going to the Hall of Fame this year, I'm, I'm betting on those two. I think he's a superstar guard prospect. Clearly, the Giants could use one. Their best two linemen, Pugh, a guard, uh, Richburg, a center, are free agents. Even if you signed both, I wouldn't you know, condemn them for taking Nelson, especially if they could trade down three or four spots and get it done. And maybe that's the move. Trade down three or four spots and then trade up ten spots from the second round back into the first. Something along those lines to get your quarterback. I mean, I understand that line of thinking, and I think Eli can still play the game, and getting Odell back is certainly helpful. But how often do you pick in the top five? You know what I mean? And especially I'm cool with that strategy if you really don't love Rosen or Darnold or Allen or any of those guys. And if you don't, you don't take them. You know, like, I I know, like, the Browns got a lot of heat for that, but apparently they didn't like Wentz or Watson enough to take them where they went. They're wrong, but, you know, you don't take someone just because... Hyper McShay and those guys tell you they should. You know, I mean, you better love a quarterback there. And if you only love one and he goes first overall, well, you better have a contingency plan. And of course they do. So if that's the way it went down and an inside source told me after the fact, hey, they just didn't really love the quarterbacks in this class. All right. You know, then you got a stud O-line, make Manning's life a little easier. And maybe you don't even use a second-round pick on a quarterback. But it would be unfortunate to miss this rare opportunity to keep your franchise quarterback string alive for New York. Stephen Bounds asked me, should Foles get a legitimate shot to start next year for someone other than Philly? Well, I urge you all, uh, you know I'm I'm doing a lot of writing now for NDT Scouting. Go check that out because I just wrote two articles, you know, basically piggybacking off the Super Bowl. Uh, one was a couple days ago, basically viewing the off season if I was the GM of the Eagles and where I would be on that. And they, you know, they they don't have a second or third round pick. That's important, but they also don't have a lot of needs. But they also don't have a lot of cap space. Uh, they could lose a guy like Nigel Bradham. You know, like, so th- they're going to want to do something. They're not just going to totally sit on their hands, although they're really well set more than most teams. And Wentz's injury doesn't concern me all that much, but they're an in-it-to-win-it team, so you better get a lot for Foles. And basically where I said my breaking point was is if the Cardinals, Denver... Not Buffalo, but like one of those mid to early second round picks would be when I start considering it. You know, like if you can give me a top 40 pick or so, I'm thinking about sending you foals. 
and using that money elsewhere. I mean, you not only get to pick, but you get to spend it elsewhere. And it could be on a quarterback as well. It doesn't mean you have to go into the quarterback with, or go into the season with Sudfed and, Sudfed and Wentz. I mean, you still could get a cheap veteran, which I would suggest. Um, what if Buffalo offered you one of their top two, one of their one of their picks at the twenty neighborhood in the first round? I think you take it. What if the Browns offer you the first pick in the second round? Strongly considering it. What if, I kind of like this one, what if you could tell Arizona, hey, we'll give you a fourth in foals for your next year first, which might be a top five pick, you know, or Buffalo, give us your next year first. And the thing is, though, if you're Arizona or Buffalo or Denver, I think foals would then be your opening day starter. But I also think you'd be crazy to just say, oh, we got the problem solved. You know, kind of like the Cousins conversation. Or, you know, the Niners th- the Niners have solved their quarterback problem. Whoever signs Cousins basically is, is solved their quarterback problem. You made him the highest paid player in the league. He's your guy. But let's bring me back to Cleveland, though. Like, if you're the Browns, I might give you two, the, the first pick in the second round or the fourth pick in the second round for Foles, which if I'm the Eagles... I'm all ears to that. I mean, that to me is pretty hard to say no to. And then use the first pick overall on Darnold or Rosen or whoever you love and go into next year with Kaiser Foles' first overall pick, Barkley. You know, something like that. That's fixing the problem. And maybe you overpaid a little bit for Foles, but you have the cap room. Um, So, yeah, I think he's a starter on opening day somewhere not in Philly. Yes. All right. Evil Jester asked me, what sort of defensive system can Raider Nation expect out of Paul Gunther? It's a good question. Um, Some Cincinnati traits that we've seen from them pretty much through the Marvin Lewis era and extending to Gunther and through Zimmer as defense coordinator. They stress corners. You know, they've used a lot of early picks on big first-round corners. You see a lot of too high safety from them and expect their front seven to stop the run without a lot of help. You know, eliminate big plays with two safeties over the top. I don't love that with Joseph in Oakland, by the way. Not that he can't do it. I just wouldn't. I'd like to see him do everything because I think he's going to be a star. He's one of the few guys on that Raider defense I really, really like. Um, they traditionally want big defensive ends. It's a, it's a pretty strict 4-3. And they usually want big... Carlos Dunlap style defensive ends. Although they did draft Lawson this last year. Um, physical, big dudes, a true nose tackle next to a true three technique, Geno Atkins next to a Billings type or a Pecco. Um, Mac fits in anywhere, but he isn't, you know, the 275 pound 6'5 guy with long arms. You know, they drafted Margus Hunt to give you an example. You know, I mean, um, so, uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, on, on a, in, a, in, a, in a quick little thought, I don't really see a great three technique in Oakland. You know, the, that would be the Geno Atkins. I don't think Mac is a traditional Bengals-style defensive end. And I don't think Joseph is a too-high safety kind of exclusively. Although the Alokas of the world are, have been complaining to the line of scrimmage at times. So I don't love that marriage on paper, and I hope he changes things around more than what I'm saying. 
Hobbespawn asked me if the Broncos land Cousins and draft Nelson, are they contenders again? It's a pretty good start. Um, this leads me to another article, to be honest with you. Um, I am now writing for Fansided. I've done some work for them before. Um, but I'm going to be doing a series where I'm talking team needs, doing like a thousand words for each team. And I just turned in Denver as my first team. And what it is, is basically pick five guys that they should target in free agency. And spoiler alert, the, the number one target was Kirk Cousins. But it's also a big prelim into that of where the team sits and the team needs and how I would address things from a team needs standpoint. And they drafted a tackle last year, but they really could use another and they could use another guard in a big way. And like I talked about Nelson, I mean, he's as safe as it gets and I think he's got many Pro Bowls ahead of him. So I would like that approach. I mean, are they contender again? Because when I really dug into that team, they needed a lot. I mean, and a quality quarterback like Cousins would change that. Or it would certainly make that, would alleviate that. I wouldn't change the running back situation. I think C.J. Anderson's still fine. And between him and Booker, I can live with it. Um, I would certainly address one starting offensive lineman at least. And the thing is, if you sign Cousins, you can't do much else in free agency. They don't have gobs of money. They're not the Jets. They're not the Niners. They're not, you know, the Browns. So if they do land Cousins, it'll probably mean they have to cut Tlaib, and that basically is all they're going to get. I really think that they could use an athletic tight end, um, a slot receiver, you know, so that pretty much sums up the offense. But another defensive lineman, I think, would really go a long way. They never really, you know, cover, never really made up for the loss of Malik Jackson and to a lesser degree, Trevathan on the second level. So I think they need a linebacker. I think they need a defensive tackle. Um, so I like the Nelson pick, but if you would land Cousins and you really can't do anything else in free agency, they might be a quality trade back pick, you know, and try to land a good guard in the second round that isn't a superstar, but is a really good player, as well as a defensive lineman, you know, to add two or three things as opposed to one or two, you know what I mean? But I wouldn't object to that over that. Or I wouldn't object to that a great deal. Uh, Joe Gear asked me to rank the drag the Jags draft needs if Bortles is a QB in 2018. Uh, number one would be quarterback for me, and Bortles got better, but I was rough on the Jags last year, and I'm feel like I'm half right about this for sitting on their hands and only going into the league with Bortles and Henny. Henny's a free agent. Even if you bring him back, I would like I would love to see them draft Lamar Jackson or some project, you know, in the end of the first round or second rounder. But you better bring somebody else in, preferably a youth guy, in my opinion here, if Henny's back. If not, maybe bring in Teddy Bridgewater or somebody too. But anyways, draft needs we're talking. So if we're going in with Bortles and say Henny, I think quarterback, but I bet they don't. You know, I'm, that's just going to be me saying they Bortles isn't really the answer. Um... I think a tight end would go a really long way, and it looks like this draft is shaping up that some end of the first round tight ends could be a real good fit, and it might, uh, might that might add up well. Kind of like Denver, but they have a much better offensive line than Denver. One more guy I think would help that offensive line a lot, a guard maybe. Um, my buddies over at NDT have mocked Hernandez from UTEP, who's just a nasty masher physical guy to Jacksonville and I love that near the end of round one he really would fit that persona and just 
beat your face type of guy. Um, wide receiver is hard to comment on because I don't think Hearns will be back. Lee and A-Rob are both free agents. I like D.D. Westbrook. Some of those other guys are okay too, the young pups. But if you were to lose Lee, Hearns, and A-Rob, well, then wide receiver goes to the top of the list. So um, you notice I didn't mention anything with defense. I don't think they need to draft defense. I mean, if they could add two or three offensive pieces, preferably starters or close to it, this offseason, that'd go a long way, man. That would go a long way for sure. All right, all right, all right. My man Pylon asked me, this will be the last question I got to roll. Uh, Matt, in your opinion, can the Ravens turn it around next year by adding weapons for Flacco or are they due for a rebuild? I don't have a definitive answer here. I think the defense will remain very, very good. I always talk about special teams with them. They're going to be really good on special teams. I don't think Flacco's the answer, and I think he's going to become a liability. But they suffered a lot of injuries on offense, too. You know, like, I would go with Alex Collins and Kenneth Dixon and ignore running back. You get Marshall Yonda back. You get Lewis back. But they better add at least one more offensive lineman. The receiving core is bad. I mean, it just is. And they could really use a tight end. So, if they, I mean, I've heard them link to guys like Jarvis Landry. Let's say they add Landry and basically nothing else in free agency. Add an offensive lineman and a tight end in the top two rounds of the draft. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that a total rebuild's in order, but it, it's also, I mean, I've, that, that quarterback situation's nasty to me. You know, that uh, there's no one waiting in the wings. At some point, you better draft somebody that you think can take over for Flacco or push him because I think, you know, he's he's almost not a truck or a trailer. You know, like, he's got a lot of ability, but even if you, he's not really a caretaker type. You know, if you surround him with all this stuff and just have him hand off a lot and play defense and take a Jags type approach to the quarterback position, yeah, I mean, he'd be okay, but I almost feel like you just need somebody else, and that's not, that's not going away soon. That quarterback situation is nasty. But if you kind of did what I said and you win close games, low-scoring games, they're a well-coached team, I mean, I think you could be a playoff team again, you know, a contender. You know, maybe you could get as far as Jacksonville did this year. I mean, who knows? You get a right bounce. Um, that's my take on the Ravens. All right, everyone. Have a fantastic weekend. I will see you later.